Well, once again, thanks so much for joining us today um, on this great new year. As we think about heading, taking next steps um, forward, we just want to take the opportunity as the teaching pastors, maybe to look a little bit backward at what God has done over the last year and how that's helped shape our vision um, in the year to come. We thought we'd do that in the context of our core values. And the first one of those is gospel identity. And I'll just say from my perspective for gospel identity, one of the things that's been critical, you know, we just come out of the Christmas season and we just talked, you know, a lot about uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And when the angel comes to her and he says, hey, you are highly favored. This past year, whenever we did the label series in the beginning of the gospel of Luke, we talked about Mary and we just mentioned that passage. And for me, it had a significant impact um, the way that I looked at God's activity in my life. Um, I told a story that I was out raking grass. It was in the spring and I was out raking the yard, which I hate. And in the process of doing that, I was listening to uh, a song by a band called Maverick City. And as I was doing that, the song talks about the favor of God. And I was just reminded about how I don't have to earn God's favor. Mary hadn't done anything when the angel came to her and said, you are highly, highly favored of God. And so in the context of that song, the lyric is that God's grace is sufficient for today. And it was just such a reminder uh, to me as I was out there raking grass that before I knew it, I found myself with my rake and my hands up in the air and I was singing really, really loud and no one else could hear uh, the music. And it just encouraged my heart in the gospel, this idea that we're all imperfect and we're all flawed, but my identity is rooted in the fact that Jesus came and that he died for us and he was resurrected on the third day to offer us new life. And that really is the wellspring of joy. It's that gospel identity, the fact that God knows me and I, and I know him, that I'm his and that he's mine. That that identity is really what fuels uh, joy in our lives. And I'll just say, um, from me, from my perspective, um, over the past year with the kind of the health crisis that I went through in September, God has just consistently brought me back to that kind of rakes up moment that I have his favor, that it's not something uh, that I have to earn, that I have to achieve. And so as I head into next year, I feel like I head in, in, into the year and I hope that we do as a church from the perspective of, uh, of God as ours and uh, in this reality uh, that we are his. So Ed's gonna talk to us just a little bit about reaching priority. Before we jump into that, I will say, one, that was profound. Like, seriously, I'm sitting here reflecting on that. And I'm enjoying the thought of people driving by your house, looking over. <laughs> it was definitely odd. With a rake up, right? <laughs> and singing. And as I say, like, it's funny. And it's a beautiful picture. I think gospel identity is one of those things. When you embrace it, it's like, I, this is the core of who I am. And I don't care who sees me with a rake, right? Standing yeah, up yeah. and singing to Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell a lot of stories with my wife's permission, I tell a lot of stories about her and she catches me. She caught me in that moment. She had her, she got her phone out and recorded me. And she's like, if you ever go out of bounds with a story, I have this. So, yeah. uh, Well, my name is Ed Travers. I'm the teaching pastor at the campus in Westerville. And we're really uh, the second core value talking about reaching priority, which basically means this, that uh, we do everything we can to reach the one. We are missionaries. It comes from Acts 1-8 where, uh, you know, Jesus is ascending into heaven and he tells them, look, to all the disciples, the Holy Spirit's gonna come on you and you're gonna receive power to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. 
And so we, we take that um, personally, that this is our, um, our core value inside, that when we become followers of Christ, when gospel identity hits us, we have a reaching priority, this desire to reach others with the gospel. I was thinking about uh, this series we're getting ready to do coming up in 1 Thessalonians. And I wanna read just from Acts, 1, or Acts 17, one through four. Here's what it says, Paul. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica and there, was, uh, and there was a synagogue of the Jews and Paul went in and as was his custom and on the Sabbath day, he responded with them from the scriptures, explaining and pro- proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded. This series we're gonna look at in Thessalonians, we're gonna see this incredible letter to this church and we're gonna be encouraged by it. We are gonna be challenged by it. But think about Paul who risked his life several times because reaching priority was just part of his DNA to go reach the one. And and that's what he did. I think for us, it may not look like Paul, but I think most of us, it's gonna look like inviting people. You know, this series coming up and the the following series we have in Now Playing, the Easter uh, day that we're gonna have, there's so many opportunities for us to invite people, not only to services, but to life groups, And then for some of us, it also means we're gonna be persuading, helping people to hear the truth of the gospel when God gives us the opportunity. That's really good. That that invite, um, and it's it's such a simple thing, but I'm just reminded of of my story, my wife's story. Uh, We we weren't following Jesus in 2016. And then Delaware was launching, and my my future mother-in-law was invited by a coworker who lived in Delaware to say, hey, you guys should check this church out. And then my future mother-in-law invited my fiance, who then invited me. And I was like, I'm not going, church is weird. And we showed up, right? And you know, the pastor was 12 and, and you know, it just, but God transformed us through walking through a door and used that simple invitation from a coworker to say, hey, check this out. And so sometimes I think when we, when we think about um, reaching priorities, sometimes I think we overthink it. It's, it can be as simple as an invitation and then trusting in the faithfulness of God and the activity of God to use that invitation to change someone's life and more importantly, to change their eternity. And I know I've been a beneficiary of faithfulness in just simply making the ask. So that's so encouraging. Just to and me, I, to be reminded of that. And I think reaching priority as well, it really starts a lot of times with just the foundation of prayer, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Walk Absolutely. your neighborhood and pray. Yeah. 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 Who are the people in the, in the cubicles in the office around mm-hmm. you? Who are the people in your, uh, in your family, right, that are shaping, you know, your past and things like that? The opportunities that we have to start just by praying and seeing what God's activity is and having those. And yeah. not, having and those not feeling like you have to to live out reaching priority, I need to walk someone from that position, right? Like I prayed, then I talked to them, then I invited them, then I had coffee with them, then I shared the gospel with them, then I brought them. That's a pressure I feel sometimes is if I didn't walk this person from start to finish. And I think reminders about sometimes the starting in prayer and then man, it's the people of God and the faithfulness of God that I'm gonna play a very small part in that, right? It might be as simple as praying for someone or inviting them. It's a good reminder for me personally. I think Corey, um, who's the only one of us that can grow a beard, um, is going to talk to us about our third core value. Yeah, well, my name's Corey, and I serve as the, the teaching pastor at our Plain City campus. And um, 
we're about seven, eight months into to launching our, our campus. And one of the things I was most excited about um, this past fall is we launched some of our very first life groups. And so we launched about six life groups, and, which ties into that authentic community piece of our core values, um, which goes to Acts chapter two there at the end of Acts chapter two, we're, we're seeing the early church where we're seeing some of the believers there and how they gathered in homes and how they gave as each had, had need and, and God just added to their number daily. And we, we, we've seen it already. I know you guys have been kind of the of recipients and blessings of this already, but we're, we're seeing folks care for one another. Mm. We're seeing folks who have, um, have some really specific needs and going through some very difficult times and those in their life group are, are watching their kids, taking them to doctor appointments, helping finish projects at, at home. And, and that has just been awesome to see, just like it says here, giving to those who had it in need. And um, I'm excited for that to continue for us. And I'm excited as we look towards the, the new year as term one for, for life group start to, to see groups multiply, to see some new leaders step up, to see folks further get connected and just see that importance of authentic community. And so uh, that's what I'm really, really looking forward to in this new year and thankful for, for where we've already been. You have folks that are helping finish projects at, at people's houses and stuff? Yes. You could yeah. offer some phone numbers. I would take, that would, I would take those. Yeah. One, yeah, one of the blessings of being in Plain City is everybody has a skilled craft in, in, in something. And so um, I, I feel but, slightly betrayed as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> given all of the work at the Marion campus. We should so, be sending, yeah. right? Our reaching priority should be to I Marion, right? I yeah. That. yeah. That's, That's a great segue into spiritual intimacy. <laughs> so <laughs> our fourth core value, we just call spiritual intimacy. And honestly, authentic community addresses that relationship between the brothers and sisters, right? The horizontal kind of aspect of that. Spiritual intimacy is more the vertical aspect, our relationship with the Lord. And it's rooted in Mark 135, it says that rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, being Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. The context of that is that it's a long, after a long day of ministry, Jesus then gets up early while it's still dark, and he goes off into, and the word is a ramos, right, the desert, the wilderness, and he just gets alone with God, with his heavenly Father. Uh, and I've told our folks this a number of times, that if the son of God, or if Jesus, who's perfect, uh, needed just time alone to be with the father, uh, then we do as well. And it's not just a, we need that, it's a joy to go and do that. I think Jesus is really modeling for us uh, what we say about spiritual intimacy. The kind of phrase we have with that is that we are his, uh, that God didn't send his son to die. We actually have this, if you go on our website and you look at our core values, the description we have on spiritual intimacy is that God didn't send his son to die for us that we might have uh, a sort of religious robotic, right? Following a set of mechanical rules, but he sent his son to die for us so that we might have a relationship with him. And I love that when the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him, will you teach us to pray? When you think about the Lord's prayer, right? it starts off, our father who art in heaven. And you've got this tension there of like, it's the language of majesty, right? Our heavenly father, right? Who is in heaven, but it's also the language of relationship, our father. 
And I was reminded of uh, just the importance of this recently. So there's a couple at the Delaware campus that I've had the privilege of just getting to know for a little bit now. They started coming recently and, and they were sharing with me. They said, Cale, our background in faith is one more of ritual and religiosity. It's a lot of, it was kind of show up, do the thing, follow the rules. And they said, we have recently started coming to LifePoint. I think they were disconnected right, from really any church for a while. And they, they started coming recently and they said, as we were listening to the messages, we found ourselves crying. And we looked over at each other and they said, we didn't realize that your emotions could be involved in your faith, that your faith could kind of capture the whole person in a sense. And I heard that and I just thought about our core value of spiritual intimacy, right? That that is highlighting, I think, so beautifully what we're talking about here is that uh, the Lord sent his son not to bring us in so we could be religious robots, but he sent his son so that we might become his sons and daughters mm -hmm. and join the family and have a spiritually intimate relationship uh, with the father. I, I think that we, it's lost on us because we didn't grow up with thousands and thousands of years of Judaism, the revolutionary nature of Jesus saying, when you pray, pray, they would never have called Yahweh Father. Mm. Like that, just, that was a completely different yeah. concept. That would have, that would have been un unbelievably subversive, right? For what, in Jesus's world. So the fact that, yeah, man, the application of that Abba, right? That yeah. intimate father relationship. Some of us take it for granted, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sure. Even though some of us haven't lived it. And so I'd, my hope, right, for all of us as we head into the next year, into this year, that is that if you've never experienced that before, that you'd really get to experience it, yeah. right? If, if God has been maybe distant for you or maybe even know the language, right? Yeah, he's father. But you'd really get to experience that this year, uh, the fatherhood. Of God. Kale, I was thinking as you were talking, uh, there's a guy at our campus in Westerville who, uh, he's been following Christ for a long time. He's in his late 50s and recently he started uh, becoming a life group leader. I went through you know, all the training, started leading and, and I sat down with him over breakfast uh, just a couple of weeks ago and he looked me in the eye and says, I have never been this close to God. Mm. When I read the Bible now and how much it's speaking to me, it just feels different than I've ever had in my life. That's spiritual intimacy yeah. happening in him. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. It's good. It's good. yeah, I think as we as we look forward to what we hope to see, you know, in the coming year, I think it's really healthy to look back as well uh, a little bit. And so um, earlier in the year, I think it was October, uh, we did a series called Ordinary People. And I always joked uh, on Sunday morning that sort of an offensive sounding title. Um, but what was really cool when you thought about it is, is just this extraordinary idea that, that God would use ordinary, sinful, broken people as a part of these incredible things that he's doing uh, to accomplish his purposes. And it's really living out uh, what we call personal ministry, one of our, our core values, that we are servants. Um, I'm not, unlike Ed, I don't have mine memorized, but uh, Romans 12, beginning in verse 4, it says this, For as one body... We have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And then Paul goes on to, to give some, some examples of these gifts. Well, throughout the series, Ordinary People, each week, uh, the teaching team and whoever was teaching on Sunday, we had this graphic that we put up that really showed, hey, this is the need that the church has across all campuses. Like, we... There's significant needs where it's not a need to just fill a spot, but it's, hey, God has uniquely gifted you. God has created you and, and, and chosen in all time to, 
place you here, mm. to live here, to be born now, and, and uniquely gifted you, gifted you. And so part of the heart of that was how do we help step into those opportunities um, and really be a part of the work that God is doing, uh, this epic story of redemption that God is telling. And so throughout this series, I, I believe the numbers, are, our Campus Life guys did a great job of tracking this. I think over 300 people were added to life teams throughout that series. And again, when you think about it, like, wow, it's a huge number, and it is, praise God. But think about it individually. That's 300 individuals saying, I'm going to take a step to step into God's activity. I'm going to take a step to be an instrument to be used in God's hands as a part of his redemptive work. And what a, like, what a blessing that is. Um, and at Marion, man, I've just been so thankful to see that lived out. Um, just, there's, there's so many stories, but... One I'll give in particular, uh, this guy named Aaron. And um, Aaron, you know, he was newer to LifePoint when we started talking about planting in Marion. And he's like, man, I feel like God's calling me to be, be a part of this. And I was like, praise God. Yes, he is. And uh, so Aaron would always ask me, hey, how can I help? How can I help? And I was like, look, we've got we've to gotta lay a bunch of carpet down in our basement. And he's like, I'm in. So he takes a work of, of vacation, a week, excuse me, a week of vacation from work. He and I are down in the basement laying carpet tiles. Just, spent, just for context, yeah. this is the church's basement, not your personal. I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> yes, not my personal basement. He took a week of vacation to serve the church. Thank you for clarifying that, Dean. So we're down in the basement at the church laying carpet tiles, and he's like, man, I just, you know, whatever you need to help. And this was pre-launch at the time for Marion Campus. And, you know, he's like, literally whatever. And, and we've got a, just a phenomenal guy, Brian Bidwell. He, he runs our sound uh, most of the time, but he's super busy. He's got job, multiple jobs, and he's all over the place, and he really needed somebody to help. And so I was like, Aaron, have you ever ran sound? And he's like, about 20 years ago. I was like, well, take it. <laughs> and so Aaron proceeded to um, request the, the user manual for our sound system. He read it cover to cover um, just to familiarize himself, and he has literally not missed a week, which is like we're, we're trying to schedule him to get some rest, to be clear. But he's there every single Sunday. And a couple of weeks ago, I went back to the, to the sound booth just before service, and I see Aaron and this other guy named Luke who serves just incredibly faithfully. Both of them have their phones out, and they're looking at my slides for the scriptures, and they're looking at their phones back and forth. They are reading word for word the text that is about to be on the screens and making sure I haven't made any errors. And the reason that stuck out to me so much is because sometimes I think we think these little details don't matter. But when you think about the little details, it all works together toward bringing people to the Lord, holding doors, being in LifePoint Kids, serving coffee. Like that's a collective experience that seeks and points people toward Jesus. And these little seemingly insignificant details God can use to accomplish his extraordinary purposes. And so I just was so encouraged um, by that. And again, I know all of us probably have stories yeah. uh, toward that. I think about the last week of the Ordinary People series, when the last Sunday was over, you know, we talked about um, different characters in that series, one of whom was Rahab. And in that, in, on that day, we talked about her life. One of the things that we said is that, look, there's going to come this moment. It's going to be a standout, stand-up moment. Like there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to choose to align yourself with Christ as opposed to aligning yourself with cultural trends. Mm. So I get this email from a teenage, uh, teenage girl. I won't say her name. Uh, I will call her Hannah. Okay. So I get this email from Hannah and basically in the email, she says, 
to me, she says, I'm the only Christian in my family. My parents um, aren't believers. And she said, quite honestly, it's just easier to follow cultural trends that my parents most of the time say are okay. But she said, God reminded me today that I have a standout, stand up moment. Like I need to follow him. And all of our core values, I think about are really in some ways mobilized around the Hannah's of the world, mm. right? That we have the opportunity to come alongside and share faith with and to help her understand that out of her gospel identity, she's got a group of people. She's got a community, right? Yeah, That's right. come alongside of her that can help her grow that living out of a context of spiritual intimacy, she's going to have the opportunity to share faith with others, to invite others and not just to do that, but to serve. I mean, out of all of that, we come around people that God brings to us and, uh, and we are blessed um, to live out our faith here in the context of drawing life from God and pointing um, others to him. So once again, we are so grateful that you took the time to join us uh, today. And I'm gonna take the opportunity just to pray for us and pray uh, for our coming year. Uh, Father, we're grateful for what we call life points, core values. But the reality is, God, they come straight out of your word, straight out of your, your heart, your voice for the best life imaginable for people. It's a joyful life. It's not always easy. It's certainly not always comfortable. There are moments of sacrifice, but God, you shepherd all of that in our lives to the life that we really, really want. And so God, as we look towards the next year, as we look towards this next uh, upcoming series in, the, in Thessalonians, Not Without Hope, God, we want people to understand the hope of the gospel, the hope of you, that you are enough for us. And the Lord is this coming year, we know there'll be highs and there'll be lows. There are some people listening right now, God, who are in the middle of a low. Some people, maybe the holiday season that we just come through is a very, very difficult time. Our trust, God, is that you are the God of all comfort, that you are with them and that you will be with them, that you are with us. You're here present with us today, but that you are also way ahead of us and that we are gonna meet you along the way this year. So God, we are grateful for today because you are sufficient for it. And we look forward to the vision that you have for us as LifePoint Church in the coming year. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.